Our guest on this week's Soundtracking is an actor, writer and producer, perhaps most famous for bringing us the sensational comedy drama Catastrophe, which she created with co-star Rob Delaney. Now Sharon Horgan takes a lead role in Military Wives. Based on the well-documented true story, Military Wives tells the story of a group of women who form a choir whilst their partners are away in Afghanistan. Directed by Peter Catania of Full Monty fame, the film obviously features plenty of singing, with the tune selection having a pleasingly 80s twist. There's also an original number by Guy Chambers and Robbie Williams and a cracking score by our very good friend Lorne Balfe, who was kind enough to send us a couple of his unreleased cues for you to enjoy. Thank you, Lorne. Now, before we get to all that, a word from our friends at The Economist. Now, our world is a tempestuous place at the moment. So now more than ever, I'm looking for intelligent, insightful news that I can trust. Now, whether it's politics, science, tech, the arts or the environment, I want to sift through the noise and get to the facts. The Economist does just that and plenty more besides too. For instance, What with it being International Women's Day this week, there is an extraordinary library of articles about remarkable women. Take a brilliant piece about Hedy Lamarr, the woman with one of the most iconic faces of 1930s and 40s Hollywood. Now, what you might not know, she had a brain to surpass her beauty. She and her friend, the composer George Antill, invented a radio signalling device, which was a means of changing radio frequencies to keep enemies from decoding messages. Originally designed to defeat the German Nazis, the system became an important step in the development of technology to maintain the security of both military communications and cellular phones. Hedy truly was an amazing woman who didn't get the recognition she deserved. Check out the article in The Economist. It's an utterly fascinating read and there's also a brilliant documentary called Bombshell. The Economist is the smart guide to the forces impacting your world. And you can get a free copy now by texting SOUND to 78070. That's SOUND to 78070 for your free copy of The Economist. And so to Sharon. Now, as I mentioned, Military Wives features plenty of 80s classics reimagined in choral form, including this one, Only You by Yazoo. Sharon, welcome to Soundtrack. It's so great to have you on. Thank you for um, having me. Music in terms of your world. There's loads to talk about, actually, which is really exciting. But let's start with Military Wives. I was just saying to you that I'd, I watched it during the week and then there was a particular scene I wanted to re-watch again. 
today and prep for this and I just could not watch the rest of the film afterwards <laughs> even though I knew what it was going to do to me as yeah, well yeah. but this is all built in truth and about these extraordinary people I know um, what was your your scene when you first re- read the script for this it, it kind of yeah it just got you really uh, moved me and at the time when I read that version of the script I mean it changed quite a bit by the time we came to film it and all the songs changed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, you know, figured that might happen. And I was kind of pleased as well, because in the original script, they were a little bit random, you know, okay, they didn't, yeah. they, there wasn't a sort of, um, sort of through line for them, I suppose. But also, you know, how difficult it is to get yeah. rights and go aheads and all that. So I figured there would be a bit of that. And then when it came to, you know, actually, the, the, the songs didn't get locked until very close to filming. And I was really like pleased. I was really <laughs> yeah. pleased with what it yeah. ended up with. Like I loved, I mean, I loved Tears for Fears back in the day and Yazoo and all that. And, and because they, they all had that sort of slightly 80s kind of feel, yeah. it just seemed to suit the world, even though it's a different time period entirely, but it just, just suited. Well, that's the kind of, I guess that's the danger, isn't it? When you write a, a song into a script. You can't become too attached to it because unless you've got clearance prior to that point, it's like... Oh, my like, God. It's, it's, have you done that? Have oh, you? my God. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking and it destroys you and, it, and, and you can't get over it. Like, it's like a breakup. Yeah, even, even when you find something that, you know, arguably, if you'd heard that in the first place, it would have been more than enough. You just can't get over that first love affair with that track, especially, you know, when you're in the edit because that's, you know, when you're really sort of building the story and those songs kind of mean everything at that point um so yeah it's it's heart it's heartbreaking i i remember when we were doing um the last episode of catastrophe we decided to use that arcade fire track like way before we'd written the episode and it was rob's idea and then we heard it we went well that's it that's it and then rob just like fired off an email i can't remember what his contact with i think it was like the manager of the horn player yeah (laughs) something like that and he worked out this email and then we were like just waiting and then we got this ping back pretty quickly saying yes so then we thought we were set and then of course it's way more complicated than that like publishing rights and all sorts of people get involved yeah and the very thought that it wasn't going to be that song I couldn't even I remember our producer at the time sending us all these alts and like me just like a brat (laughs) refusing to listen to them (laughs) so yeah it really it really it gets stuck in your head and there's there's nothing you can do about it you just kind of have to fight and then I guess eventually give up when it when it does go your way write with music then do you have music when you're writing do you play um, music weirdly not so much as I 
as I thought that I might back in the day when I sort of visualized myself as a writer because it's so uh, I get I get caught up in in the story of songs you know and and the narrative of them and I, and I find it really really distracting yeah. so what I do sometimes when I get to the end of a script and certainly when it's stuff I've written myself I'll sort of play something when I'm reading it because I kind of think, well, that's the tone or that's something I kind of have it, have in my head that, that sort of suits the story. And I, I sort of see if it, if it works while, while I sort of read and listen. And like with Rob, when Rob and I would write, we, we'd have sort of time in between where we'd sort of play each other things or songs that we were thinking of putting, putting into the show. But generally, no. I mean, it freaks me out when I see my daughter study with her like AirPods in. I'm like, well, how can anything be going in? But <laughs> I think I did back in the day. I think maybe I, I found it easier to just, you know, have it be a background thing. But now it's just like plants yeah. itself at the forefront of my brain. The the score in Military Wives is is, is beautiful. Lauren yeah, Balfe as well. I mean, yeah. you know, kind of big guns when it, with the composing world as well. Mission Impossible Military Wives is brilliant. But he but it's but it's lovely because even the score feels like it's got it's got a story to tell and it yeah. has really different themes and tones and orchestration to it as well. You know, so yeah. you've got that that kind of those sort of horns a trumpety thing yeah. that you associate with that sort of military life, I guess. Exactly. And it and it feels uplifting yeah. as well. I thought it was really clever, actually, because there's something about being because we filmed on the military bases, you know, in the in the sort of barracks and yeah. garrisons and what have you. And there is a strange feeling to them. I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but it really sort of brings home that it, it's not ne- it's not necessarily an, an easy life, mm. you know, and, and that it's quite a transient life as well. And people never. It, it never, I mean, I'm sure, of course, it feels like home, but they, they can't really change the decor in their houses too much because they have to sort of up and move or, you know, they sort of get um, moved around a lot. And, and, and it's quite a stark kind yeah. of um, landscape. There's that shot where you've all been to the knitting club yeah. and it just pulls back and you see the, the kind of fences. Yeah. And it's kind of, that's just like, geez. I know, I know. It's and really, there's kids in there and families it, and, yeah. and just life and life goes on. And to me, it felt like, oh God, it, as if it wasn't kind of difficult enough already. But I did think that was nice that they kind of used the score in that way because I don't think it could have, no one wanted it to feel like a sort of movie about desperation, even though there's people in really, really difficult and challenging situations it definitely it's a it is a feel-good film in that there's moments that that really just do sort of lift you up you know especially you know when 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 the women come together and the choir start and you can hear their sort of voices coming together and stuff so of course there's moments in it that are are pretty killer but like but generally I, i like that the overall feeling is one that you know it's, it is. It's a really it's uplifting, a film, yeah. even though it hits so many emotions. Yeah.
And then that kind of switch into a real piano-led kind of score yeah, towards the end. Yeah. It's like, it's really clever. You kind oh. of almost don't, you, and then there's a couple of moments you go, oh, oh, it's, it's shifted. It, that, it's taken me that way. That's mm-hmm, really clever. Mm-hmm, without me even realising that it would yeah. done it. It's, it's really, really good. It was very intimidating um, having Lauren teach me that ridiculous <laughs> keyboard. Did he? <laughs> yeah. He's brilliant, isn't as he? As best as he could. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. I imagined you were like a proper, like you could play already. You were Are like, you kidding me? No, no way, well, not you, at all. You, you, you hide it well. Uh, well, I mean, I, ha- I had to learn. I mean, I learned the sort of, you know, two fingers method of <laughs> yeah. all of those songs. but the f- And I had to have these little sort of... Um, the stickers. sticker tapes on, on there <laughs> to, to remind me of where I was going and you know obviously I can't read music at all but you know he, he, he managed to get me over a few humps and I would practice all night and I would turn up uh, for rehearsal delighted with myself I mean I've never played a musical instrument in my life <laughs> except I sort of pretend that I can play the baron so I'd turn up and I'd, and I'd play it and they'd sing it and it would go sweetly and then they turn the cameras on and the whole thing would go. And I would spell, I mean, I ruined so many takes <laughs> laughing at how bad <laughs> my keyboard playing. But at least I kind of, you know, so at a certain point, I just, because then, you know, you put your earpieces in and you're sort of hearing things, you're having to sort of do your, your character. You're sort of trying to, you know, place yourself in the scene, you're singing, and then you, you know, you're having to remember where to put your fingers on this thing that you've never, you know, sort of experienced before. And, so many times they had to just sort of cut and some kind person would come around and go, we're just going to turn the sound down on this. <laughs> so I'd like, I'd go, well, at least it looks like I know what I'm doing. So it was kind of, it was like 50% me and 50% just like winging, winging it, <laughs> winging it quite heavily. Because what's nice as well is they give the performances of the rehearsals and the just trying out and just getting to know each other is yeah. a bit of space to breathe. So, you know, you do hear like, full versions of songs or you might just hear a chorus it's like it feels so natural and just really beautifully shot yeah in that respect as well well Peter was Peter Cantani was our director he was so um, anxious about um, the rehearsal process in that he really didn't want us to rehearse because the last thing he wanted was us pretending to do bad singing he wanted the whole thing to you know, be discouragingly bad (laughs) at the start. So it has somewhere to go. And he didn't want us to ape that. He wanted it to be a real thing. So if ever, like we'd be taught different sort of harmonies along the way. And if he ever caught, you know, us sort of practicing together, he'd like, stop, stop it. That's enough. When when it got later into the film and and we weren't really able to shoot things in order just, you know, because of uh, budget restrictions and stuff. But Thank God we, we got to do the Royal Albert Hall very near the, the end of the, the film shoot. So by that point, we were sort of allowed rehearse because at that point, 
you know, it should sound pretty good. It shouldn't yeah. sound professional or polished or any of that, but it should sound like it was a culmination of a lot of work. Like like the like the real ladies, you know, by the time they got to sing that song in the Royal Albert Hall, it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know? Did you spend much time with with the real military wives? I mean, kind of some military wives, yeah, not the actual yeah. ladies from the choir. I mean, they've been so supportive and, and lovely. But we we um, um, actually the house that is um, Kristen's character Kate's house yeah. in in the movie was the house that the first um, military wives meeting um, oh wow took place in yeah for the choir. Um, and, and, and so we, we, we met her and she was an amazing force of nature. <laughs> and one of the, um, houses that I spent a lot of time hanging out in was, um, a wife who had two teenage, um, girls. So that, that was really, it was really, really great to meet her because there was so much like joy in the house. She was such a lovely, warm, welcoming person. She was so happy to have us there, but I couldn't kind of get over the f- fact that that her situation was difficult and I just wondered how she had the strength Mm -hmm. to have that sunny kind of outlook and it really was it wasn't like a forced thing she was just this genuine beautiful lovely warm person but thinking about my own teenage daughter and like the difficult how difficult it is to be you know a 16 year old with everything that's going on yeah but to be in that sort of isolated situation and, and to have those limits placed on you on top of everything else, you know, that's going on, you know, the sort of estrangement and the yeah. worry and, you know, the fact that you don't see your dad or your partner for, you know, up to six months at a time when they've, when they're deployed. And it's so hard. It's such a difficult situation. So yeah, we, we they, they, they were, some of them would, would sort of be doing background in some of the shots and stuff. So we, they were around and we chatted, but I mean, not as much as you'd like, as much as was sort of yeah. practical. I think that's one of the many lovely things about the film is, is that it really puts a spotlight on that side of it. You know, he these, would never think about these it. people and these children being yeah. kind of left, you know, left behind and how they do cope, how they yeah. cope with that kind of, that sort of being on tender hooks the whole time, yeah. dealing with loss as well, you know, know, as part of it as well. It's yeah. extraordinary. I think it's a, it's just beautifully kind of covered in the film. Oh, yeah. Good. I really, I really Thank think you. it is. And, 
I mean, and then it's the tone of it is so clever as well. It must have been really quite hard to get that right, I think, in the script. Those moments are really well done and even things like the karaoke scene as well. <laughs> I love that as well when she's doing the John Barnes yeah, rap. Yeah. Just, <laughs> That's Laura. It's genius. She's so great. She's, she's so great. a great character. I think it was really well cast. I think they chose that, that sort of group of women really yeah. well because there's everyone is kind of represented, you know, and it's different ages and classes and backgrounds and all that. But like in in real life, that choir was the thing that brought them together. And then suddenly this bond is formed just by singing together and all having a like a mutual thing to care about and, and to focus on. And I kind of get it because even in our ridiculous world of acting, it we, we felt it at, at the time, you know, because it was, it, was it was a shoot that, that was like, a lot of work to be done in a really short space of time yeah. and you know there's a certain level of stress that goes with that but every time we got together as a group and any time we sort of had to sing or we put those harmonies together you just felt this this is really <laughs> lovely sort of feeling of yeah. you know togetherness you love singing you can <laughs> sing I love singing and you can sing I, I, you're on I, record uh, yeah, I, I can barely. I can barely. You're in the sing. Charlatans, for God's sake! I am officially in the Charlatans. Charlatans. Well, that's so funny because it's part of the reason why they why they offered me it Is because it? Uh, yeah, because uh, the casting agent Julie had um, knew that I'd, I'd done that um, different days with, with the, the Charlatans and assumed that I could sing. So she said to Peter, "You know, Sharon Horgan sings," and he's like, "Okay, great." And so so then, and the, when I met him, I was like, "Tim asked me to do that." Because I'm his friend, had nothing to do. He hadn't even heard me sing, and like they buried me quite, quite deep in the mix. I can hold a tune, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a singer, singer. How was that experience for you doing Charlotte and sing those? Well, because I remember talking to you. I think maybe just before you was did it? it, and you knew it was going to happen. And you were like so excited, <laughs> like, so I was, excited, I was so excited to go there and to go to their studio and um um and listen to the album because they played me a bunch of tracks from the album before it was released, and it was obviously a kind of magic moment and a and a pinch myself kind of moment. But then when I came to do my little bit I was really nervous and <laughs> but they 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 uh they were really sweet and you know we we gave it a few goes and and I think he he did genuinely want people that he knew and and loved on that album it wasn't necessarily about how how it sounded it was just like a feeling you know he's such a warm lovely person and 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 he just he just wanted me to do it, and and he wouldn't kind of let me say no, and and I'm so glad he didn't let me say no because it's such a great song, and I'm so like I was so delighted to be part of it. But yeah, it was it was mainly like I was a bit overawed by it.
sing for him then to kind of go no I can't sing listen for Peter yeah no he didn't give him monkeys because <laughs> because he didn't he didn't it was the last thing on his mind yeah. like all he cared about was was the relationships and that it was authentic and he knew that uh, over time and also it's it's groups of people singing together it always sounds better always sounds better and like any sort of fear that we had and I think we all had varying sort of levels of fear when we turned up on the first day um, you know to, to rehearse um, a couple of the songs we were all nervous but it kind of doesn't matter when you all sing together it always always sounds pretty good you know and music does that thing as well you even see it in the performances of you know at the start where they where they start singing and you can see the just the power of that I know, music it's like of letting it. loose absolutely yeah. it's, it's extraordinary yeah. it's Captured really beautifully. as well from, from Military Wives brilliant on-screen um, relationship we get to watch play out with, with your character and Kristen Scott Thomas's character as well it's really fun oh, really so fun glad. really fun to watch it's Was a that, funny piece of casting isn't it, it I mean it, who would have put us together it, but that's the whole point really years. it's like you yeah. know it's kind of it's but it works yeah it really does was it fun to it was to, really fun I mean I I, I knew uh, I mean we, we, we got along immediately like when we met up before you know just to do this sort of are you definitely doing it are you definitely doing it kind of um meeting and we just ended up spending like a couple of hours together having never met before just like talking uh not about the film just like everything and um so i knew she was a fantastic woman 
But I was, you know, again, slightly overwhelmed because it's Kristen Scott Thomas and, you know, she's an incredible actor and, and can can be intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> she can be intimidating. <laughs> um, but she she has a natural kind of funny bones, you know, and, and it was very... It felt it felt very um, unforced, you know, the whole thing, because we're quite different anyway. And I had no idea if it was going to work on screen. But as soon as we sort of got up in front of all those girls and there was that sort of push pull of who has the power in this room, I, I kind of knew that it that it was working because we were making the girls laugh <laughs> and we were making ourselves laugh. Yeah. Um, Her whole QVC thing's just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it was it was. It's it's a really nice relationship in the film because they are so different and her sort of, you know, um, what's important to her is I have a completely different set of, you know, um, um, things that are important to me. And when they finally come together, it's it's for the women. And when they can see it working, that's when the sort of barriers come down and they start sort of opening up to each other and sort of exposing their, you know, fears and feelings and stuff but it's sort of when all those things are exposed that they can sort of hurt each other you know as yeah. well and so it was a not it was a it was a it was a good journey you know it's, it's always tricky in a film I mean they're so short like to sort of deliver a whole kind of narrative to yeah. to, to a friendship and but still it didn't it didn't feel forced it felt you know I believed it and yeah and is that song that you all sing at the Royal Albert Hall at the yeah. end is that the song that they that what that they wrote? Or no, what, that, that was so- um, Guy um, Chambers and Robbie Williams wrote that song. Oh wow! Yeah, just for the film. Yeah, just wow, for the that's film. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, because uh, Angels is obviously in it as well. There's a little snippet of Angels. Yeah, a tiny in, bit, tiny bit in there as well. Um, yeah. yeah, he uh, he turned. We we were rehearsing it. It was the you know literally the only bit that we were allowed rehearse. So we were rehearsing it in this um, um, studios, and I can't remember what it's called, and I should because I know lots of amazing stuff gets um, recorded there. But um, we rehearsed it, and it actually sounded pretty good. We had all our sort of harmonies worked out, and then we were told Guy Chambers was was going to come along and, and listen to it, and we immediately. I mean, it's nerve wracking. It's like you, you know performing if you even if you're performing someone's you know uh, words in front of them you know in a, in a play or whatever you just kind of think oh, I don't want to I don't want to mess this up so it felt like that but tenfold because you know for the most part none of us were, were singers and I guess he's used to working with professional <laughs> singers so we had to sort of do it for him and uh, he's not he, you know, he, he wasn't effu- effusive in his, I think he was, it was probably a mild relief, um, that we didn't, we didn't murder it. But, but, you know, there, was, there wasn't a huge amount of smiling. So we were, we were all like, oh my God, what is he thinking? Time drags its feet, feels like forever. But the longer the wait, the sweeter the kiss. I really know is we're stronger together. If that isn't love, then I don't know what is. No, you can't say how you're really feeling. What goes on? Life through a letter 
Also, again, it was about it feeling authentic. And yeah. I mean, that moment in the World Opera Hall with, with the actual military wives, it's beautiful, but it, you never think, oh, they, these are professional singers. You think these are women who've been through it mm. and they've made this beautiful thing. And so, so it was kind of about that. It was about trying to capture that. Amazing. I mean, I thought it was real. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. The idea of it being, you know, words from letters as mm. well. That's kind of mm. like, mm. really is like, jeez mm. Louise. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about Catastrophe, the other music, if you don't mind? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, Ollie Julian, your composer, at what point you knew how it would sound musically in terms of, because it's it's such a brilliant, funny, you know, groundbreaking show, I think, as well. And the way that the music slots into that, both in terms of stuff that Ollie wrote but also the tracks that you chose to yeah. use as well were just yeah. sort of the symmetry was incredible with it was oh, it an easy thing you. to kind of navigate particularly all the jobs you had on that you know in terms <laughs> of writing it yeah. being in it and you know producing it and well, all we, that we stuff. were really lucky I mean Rob and I are, are both kind of passionate about music but have completely different tastes uh, and then and sometimes they cross over but yeah. generally um, they're quite different, but we had, um, you know, a producer and a director and an editor who were equally, you know, um, passionate. So it, it felt like, of, of, of course, there was a lot to think about, but they were always bringing stuff to the table. And our, our editor in particular, I mean, he, he wouldn't always nail it, but quite often he'd, he'd deliver us a first cut with um, some of our suggestions and then some stuff that he would sort of throw in himself and, and oftentimes it, it worked. And then because we had Ollie Julian's score and like we worked hard on it with him, but we also, so we knew it, we wanted it to have a sort of Americana type kind of element and we, um, uh, you know, we, we came up on the sort of the yodeling idea and, you know, the banjo and all that and then the, the drum and like we didn't, we n- we never wanted it to feel polished, you know, we wanted it to have a sort of rawness to it, but to have something that, you know, maybe like worked as a sting, but without being too ba-boom, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I love Seinfeld's work of genius, but like not to sort of, not to um, punctuate it so yeah. sort of um, distinctly. Um, we wanted it to sort of bleed in and out of scenes and... Um, yeah, Ollie, Ollie is, is so clever and he would just do, do sort of different versions of, of the main sort of theme tune and, and play around with that. And some of it is a little bit inspired by metronomy and, and, and some of it is, you know, inspired by, you know, other movie scores. I mean, there's influences kind of all over it. <laughs> Yeah. 
But when it came to sort of, you know, incidental music, it was generally like a, a collaborative um, process. We'd, we'd make suggestions and, you know, sometimes, sometimes it would work. I mean, there's, you know, all sorts in there. There's like, um, uh, you know, there's some charlatans and, and there's some um, Stevie Armour. your favorite who you really chuffed you got in there uh well i mean um the arc the arcade fire yeah. would be like the main sort of um the main chuff, chuff that's list. it's amazing knowing like how into music you are and going, the idea of that you've been a fan of a band and they've like they've watched your show and they've gone yeah you can have my music in the band in the show that's awesome it's it's it makes you giddy it really <laughs> makes you giddy and and it's great to have those moments because a lot of it is a slog you know a lot of it is just getting your head down and writing and writing every day and rewriting and I mean you know it's a it's a lovely job but it's it's a slog and then when you have those little moments where you 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 get sort of sign off on, on a song or someone mm-hmm. sort of agreed to let you use something it's kind of like when you know you get a cast member who who said yes like the person you kind of wrote the part for it's like little little sort of moments of um celebration yeah. along the way to break it up it's amazing because you. Ca- I was sort of thinking about this today. Just talk, thinking about the theme tune for Catastrophe, which is you know it's so brilliant. And you think about your favourite TV shows, and the theme tune's always really good. Yeah, you, know, you never go. I love the show. Shit, oh shit theme tune. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of it's I such know. an important part like of Succession. You, that, yeah. That, oh, oh my god! It's brilliant. just finished watching that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I can't wait that, for the next. I wonder how long do, it took them to do, get do, to do. that, or was it just something? And that... the slight variations that Nicholas has done yeah. on that throughout the entire yeah. thing as well. It's beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it's, have you heard all the? And there's so many remixes of it now oh, as well. Really? No. People play it out DJing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was doing. I was um, making a pilot there last year in um, in um, the states, and our uh, one of our production assistants had had learnt the whole thing, um, you know, on the piano. So he would just sort of suddenly you just hear it in the background, and it was just him tinkering away. It's quite eerie, isn't it? It's quite it's scary, very like, eerie. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's brilliant.
I'm really excited because you're going to be like directing. Is this your first feature film? Yes. Yeah. New world. New yes, world. The new world. Yeah. Because um, then with that comes a, 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 the responsibility of the music with that, you know, in yeah. terms of picking a composer. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't know where you are with it and stuff, but I'm really excited. Well, I've got, I've got a call about it just um, when I finish up with, with you. I mean, I've realized now that um, feature films, having just produced our first one, we're, we're going to Sundance um, oh, tomorrow. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, it was another like uh, musical sort of odyssey on that as well. You know, what we, what we, what we got and what we didn't manage to get on a low budget film is yeah. anyway um, but yes they take an awful long time <laughs> to, to come together so it feels like I've been talking about it for years and that's because um, I probably have <laughs> How do you decide what what you what you're going to do next because you have so many hats that you wear which is an amazing and it's absolutely inspiring for girls and women who are coming up and want to do and get into you know this world uh-huh. um you know writing producing directing acting it's it's all there how do you decide what you're going to navigate and you know maybe we're in two hats at one go all that yeah. kind of thing um, three hats yeah you know. i mean yeah it it's sort of it's kind of whatever comes up in front of me first you know um, sometimes it, it's sort of dictated by um, um, schedule and and um, so it, it's simple you just have to block it out like when we made This Way Up with um, Ashling, you know it was that that became the the, the, the thing to, to focus on yeah. and then it's sort of like what, what do you sort of plot in and around it yeah. like with um, Military Wives I just knew that I had October free and I just really fancy doing a movie because I'd spent all your writing I'd written Motherland and, and I went over and did um, my um, Modern Love um, for Amazon yeah. and I just wanted to just be in something and not sort of think about anything else so it's 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 always just sort of um, dictated by um, schedule really and then there's always a few things you can kind of work on at the at the same time you yeah. know like I'll always have some little project kind of um, petering along in the background um, but yeah I don't know that's a terrible answer but it's sort of what, what's what's put in front of me is what I sort of do yeah um, last question what's your karaoke song of choice Oh, you know, it, I mean, it's it. It used to be um, um, the cranberries. No, you know what? It used to be Dolly Linger. Parton. Uh, any, know, any any kind of cranberries. Okay. I, I love just trying to ape um, her voice, and but then um, I kind of got that out of my system when I did this way up with with Ashling, and we mm. we murdered um, zombie. <laughs> um, any anything where you can Gosh. put it. <laughs> Oh God! Anything really? I, 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 um, my, my, for my brother's fortieth, he, he did a load of, uh, he had a karaoke session, and I found that I sang all the tunes, Edith, all the night long. So well, it's one that's of, that thing where you think you can do it. It's going, oh yeah, no, I, I can easily do Crazy yeah. Love by Beyonce, including the Jay Z rap. I know. In reality, it's not the case. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really tried hard on that one. I tried to learn um, the, the Azalea Banks two one two so many times. That is really, really hard. That's a trick. Even when you know the words, you can't sing them. You can't get them out quick enough or in the right sort of, you know, order or at the right sort of speed or time. We did karaoke for my Hindu like six years ago. So my cousin came down from Scotland, never done karaoke in her life and chose to do Gangnam Style, which oh. was 
possibly one of my favourite memories of all time. That's amazing. She was amazing. Did she do the dance? Yeah, all of all it. All of it. No, right. All of it. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for what's next because you know you, you you never fail to to kind of surprise and entertain us as well. Oh, and it's, thank you. It's so brilliant much. to see you and congratulations on the film. Thanks, thank Sharon. you. Nice Thanks, to see you lovely. Too. soundtrack to Military Wives, that's We Are Family by Sister Sledge, performed by the cast, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Sharon Horgan. My huge thanks to Sharon for taking the time to talk to us. Military Wives is on general release now with a soundtrack available via Decca Records. Now, if you're new to the podcast, head to edithbowman.com to catch up with all of our previous episodes. Composer Lauren Bow features a couple of times discussing various projects, including Mission Impossible Fallout. Gratitude once again, Lauren, for those cues from your score. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please do keep spreading the word if you like what you hear. Next up, an incredible director who I think really gets to the core of emotion in the work that she directs. The fabulous Philippa Lothorpe talking about her new film, Misbehaviour, will be next week's guest. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>